He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows but the one who receives it. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out from my God out of heaven in my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers... I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. You as an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Hear you conquerors! <laughs> but that brings up a lot of questions. <laughs> like, what should we hear? <laughs> Good to know. What defines a conqueror? And what do we conquer? What in the world does Jesus mean by conqueror? All seven churches, the good, the bad, and the ugly, were given promises for those who conquer. And taken together, they tell a very interesting story. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. This is a beautiful place to start a discussion of our eternal lives, since it starts with the very beginning of human life. Before God made humans, he made a garden called Eden for us to live in. And out of the garden, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up. We discover later in the Revelation that the new tree of life bears fruit in a continuous cycle. Eternal life is sustained by constantly eating the fruit of this tree. Uh, many, myself included, think that the tree of life in the garden had the same effect. If Adam had not sinned, he could have continuously eaten of the tree of life and never, ever died. <sighs> but he did sin. 
Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. God did not want Adam to live permanently in his state of sin, his rebellion, death, knowing evil and the difference between it and good, but with no idea what to do about it, nor any ability to deal with it. God didn't want Adam to stay that way because he had a plan. (laughs) Understand that the tree of life in the new creation is not the same as the tree of life that was in the garden. It's much, much better through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him. No Satan, no demons, no evildoers of any kind. And this new tree of life is a part of our eternal lives, part of our worshiping him forever. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life which is in the paradise of God. Now, paradise of God is the new creation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There's a whole bunch here, but, you know, we can't look at everything, so... (laughs) So let's just go to the end. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. You know, whoa. (laughs) Breathe, breathe, breathe. You know, just (laughs) take it easy. It's coming, but it's not here yet. For now, let's go look at the promise to the church in Smyrna. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. The second death is not for us. (laughs) Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years. That is good, a wonderful promise. But the second death, what are those who don't share in the first resurrection? It's not pretty. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, from his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. There's a terrible reality for those who refuse Jesus Christ. 
But what of the great promise we considered last week? Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. If they don't hear, if they won't hear, they will not conquer. But if we hear, and hearing is doing, then we will not suffer the second death. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. If you are worried, maybe that you could be accused of some of these sins, hold on, good news is coming. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Note, there's no promise as to missing the first death. (laughs) That one we probably will pass through, let's face it. In fact, those in Smyrna were pretty much promised by Jesus that some of them would die for following Christ. And all of them did die, no matter what kind of death it was. But none of them will die again. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will give some of the hidden manna and I will give him a white stone with a new name written on it, written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. Jesus is building and building up here so it's fun to watch. First, the hidden manna. Well, what is it? I don't know. (laughs) It's hidden, okay, Just in case you missed that. And I'm serious, it's, it's hidden. We don't know. Nobody knows what the hidden man is. We don't have a clue. But manna, now these people knew their scriptures. They knew the story about the food that miraculously appeared for the million-plus Israelis when they wandered in the desert for 40 years. They knew these stories. Day after day, those people back then got a supply of manna and it kept them alive and healthy for that whole time. So they, the people of Pergamum, and we know that this is about God supplying good things for his people. But Jesus is talking about the new creation. This will be so intensely better than anything anyone alive has ever experienced. Anything. Everything there will be incomparably greater than anything experienced in this world. My heart cannot breathe out to you how wonderful it will be. It's hidden from us. We couldn't understand even if God told us. We do not have the ability to sense these things, to understand, to experience what it will be like there. When we get that white stone with our new name on it, then we'll know that stone with our new name on it. Three things. First, well, that we get a new name. (laughs) And he who is seated in the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. We will be made new. Not just live in a new creation. We will be made new. So new that we will need a new name. Do you like your name? I really don't. Rick. It's okay. Rick's okay. But actually, it's Ricky. After Ricky Ricardo. I kid you not, I'm named after Ricky Ricardo. 
I really hate that. <laughs> Sorry. If you just want, if you really want to irritate me, call me Ricky. That's all you. I mean, that'll irritate me right off the bat. But there is one benefit. I can always tell if it's some sales guy on the phone. Hey, Ricky, good morning. How are you doing? <laughs> I just usually hang up. I mean, it's <laughs> just easy that way. But when I see that new name on that stone, given to me by the one who knows me better than I know myself, that name, Allah. I will give him a white stone with a new name written on the stone that no one knows except the one who receives it. Nobody will understand but you and me and, and each one of us. You know. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. It's true. Jesus alone understands. And Jesus knows why everything as well. A stone at all. Why, why a stone? First, which is our second item here, specific stones of specific color and shape and size were used by elite Romans as tickets into special events. Imagine how much those who didn't have those stones really would have loved to have one but they didn't have one. And they weren't invited in. We do have one. <laughs> we do get in. <laughs> but a white stone. There was another place where special stones were used back then. The jury. Each juror was given a white stone and a black stone. I'm sure you can picture them dropping one and only one into that sack. Which one? Innocent or guilty? This picture, this image carries into the promise to the next church, Thyatira. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. And I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He will rule them with a rod of iron. Now you may remember that Thyatira was the church that tolerated evil, not just in the world, but right in their midst, in the church. They were supposed to rout it out, to get rid of it. And Jesus says the true church will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Rule how? Are we talking judicial rule or police rule? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? Do we make sure everyone toes the line? Or do we judge them and pronounce their sentence? Well, Jesus' next words make it clear. He will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces. In the end, all who believe will cast judgment on those who reject Christ. He will rule them with a rod of iron, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. Listen to a few verses from our future. 
the beast and the false prophet will make war on the Lamb and the Lamb will conquer them for He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings and those with Him are called and chosen and faithful. At the very end, Jesus will come to war against those who make one last stand against Him. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood and the name by which He is called is the Word of God and the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following Him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. We, the armies of heaven, will come with him. And the very fact that some, we, are his leads us to that sad truth, some are not his. Some in Sardis were his, but most were not. Jesus said to them, the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The church in Sardis had much that was putrid and vile. Have you ever walked through a really dirty area in nice clean clothes? (laughs) My dad was a mechanic for most of his adult life and he didn't allow us to walk through his shop when we were in the nice clothes. And, And he kept a clean shop. When you walk in places like that, you know how you're afraid that the grease and the grime and they're just going to jump out and attach itself to you. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it, it just feels like that, and and you just you feel dirty walking through it. You know, kind of wipe your hands off. Just think how the good people of Sardis must have felt in that dirty church. And Jesus says, "Don't worry, I will make you pure." Jesus said of the new creation, nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is detestable or false, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Nothing unclean. No one detestable or false. Only those written in the Lamb's book of life. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Do you get, with me, increasingly nervous as that list goes on? (laughs) I mean, let's face it. We all belong on that list. We all have the dirt. We carry the filth of all that is evil. How can we ever stand before God when we are so unclean? Then one of the elders addressed me saying, Who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? And I said, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus Christ, His sacrifice in our place, is how we are arrayed in white. 
they shall hunger no more, neither thirsty any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And not just a few of us. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The truth is, we all deserve to die a second death. But salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, the one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. We think of citizenship as permanent, born in American, die in American. Even criminals, they might lose the right to vote, but they're still Americans. Unfortunately, in ancient Rome, that was not necessarily the case. They kept lists of all the Roman citizens in every city. especially those who were born or became citizens in that particular city. And if somehow you came at odds with Rome, in that city, wherever yours was, a ceremony was performed and your name was blotted out of the book. You no longer had the protection of Rome. You were no longer a citizen. And let's see, exactly what are the odds of that happening with Jesus? (laughs) The one who conquers will be clothed thus in white garments. I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Will confess what name? Oh yeah, your new name. (laughs) Satan will stand there accusing us. You should have seen what he did when he thought no one was looking. Her mind is so filled with filthy thoughts. There's no way she deserves heaven. But Jesus says, stop. This one is mine. And then he will look into your eyes and a smile will flood his face and he will call that new name that everyone else will hear for the very first time. And he will say, come. Come into the temple of my God, the one who conquers. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God never shall he go out of it and I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God the new Jerusalem which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches Uh, how often do pillars leave temples (laughs) yeah I think they do either and of course Jesus says never shall he go out of it and we're back to this name thing. Three different names. Uh, stop here and recognize that the name thing was much bigger to them than to us. Name to them is more who you are as a person. It defines you, who you belong to and with, where you belong. Written on everyone who believes is the name of God. We belong to and with God. And this city, as we already saw, your citizenship was centered on the city in which you obtained it, wherever that was. 
the primary record of your citizenship was there. The writer to the Hebrews said, here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Paul said, the Jerusalem above is free and she is our mother. John had a glorious vision of the future and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. A city is both the buildings, the streets, etc., and the people in it. And the city that will be in the new creation, that will be, <laughs> is built by God. Both of the infrastructure and the people, I will write on him my own new name. Well, now that's a glorious and interesting thought. Jesus has a new name. Then I saw heaven open and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it is called Faithful and True and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. No one knows that new name except Jesus. But one day, we will know it. Whatever that name is, we will share it with Jesus. That should take your breath away. Well, we've talked about how we gain entrance to this glorious new creation, this new city. We've seen the surety of our lives there, its permanence, how we will be sustained, if you will. And we've talked about belonging, our new name, how Jesus places on us the name of God and the new Jerusalem in his own new name. And we've talked about justice, Back when Jesus walked on the earth, Peter, speaking for the apostles, said, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Wow, that must have excited them. But listen to the final promise Jesus makes to the churches. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We've talked around here about our role in ruling on the earth during the millennium. John mentions it later in this letter, Then I saw thrones, and seated in them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. And I also saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God and those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or on their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Today, we discuss the role we have in judicial proceedings at the end of the age. But tell me, after kings return victoriously, from the battle. After they leave the judgment seat, where do they go to simply be kings? The one who conquers. I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. They sit down on their thrones. This is particularly fascinating as the very next thing John records is the fantastic vision 
he has of God on his throne. A throne Jesus sat on, just as we will sit on his. And it's fantastic, you should read it. But for now, let's just hear the praise that we will sing after experiencing this wonder firsthand. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. We will be right there in the midst of all God's creative power and glory. And no wonder we fall down before him. No wonder we cast our crowns before him. No wonder we praise him. But for all this that we've talked about, we haven't answered one of our questions. The one who conquers. What is it that we conquer? And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives, even unto death. We conquer Satan and all his lies, all his deceitful tricks, all his hollow promises all the sin into which he had led us. You may remember from a lesson not all that long ago how Paul said this in a letter to the church in Ephesus. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We do not fight against flesh and blood but we do war and Satan does his best to condemn us Paul has something to say about that too who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised who is at the right hand of God who indeed is interceding for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We will stand uncondemned in victory, conquerors over sin and Satan. The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God. And he will be my son. Hear, you conquerors. <laughs> we are the children of God. And nothing will ever separate us from his love. We will eat of the tree of life. We will not be hurt by the second death. We will eat the hidden manna. Jesus will call out our new name. We will judge the nations. Our names are secure in the book of life. We will stand like pillars in the new heavenly temple. On our hearts is written the name of God. The name of the new city. The name of Jesus Christ.
the new name of Jesus Christ. And Jesus will invite us to sit on his throne with him forever. Let's pray. Father, what a glorious, glorious thing the words of your Son here. Wow. We are astonished at the promises you make to us in wonder. We know who we are. (laughs) We know that we don't deserve this. And yet you give it to us. You wash our robes in the blood of the Lamb. And we are clean before you. (laughs) What a wonder. But we do not deserve it. Thank you, Father, that you give it to us anyway. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen.